Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week three is officially done, and I think I can safely say right now, as of 5-23, September 26th, the Miami Dolphins have the best offense in the NFL by a mile. What a fucking shit-kicking just scoring 70 points is unheard of. It's it's literally just unheard of. Even in the history of the NFL, it's only happened three times. We will get into that game, though. I am so excited to talk about that game. So many good things. Uh, but yeah, this week three slate of games. I mean, there was a lot of heavy favorites going into the week. We saw a fair amount of upsets. Actually, no, we saw quite, quite a bit of upsets, uh, if we're actually being honest. Uh... What was looking like a week slate, ah, actually, the week wasn't that great, but any week of NFL football is a great week. Uh, This episode, just me for this week, Uh, Chu was supposed to be joining me on this podcast. Work schedule, uh, he couldn't make it. He will be on Friday's episode instead now, previewing that Patriots-Cowboys game, which should be a decent matchup. Um... But yeah, on slate for this episode, uh, as always, we'll do the week three recap, but to start it off, we will go with the NFL weekly update, just a few notes to touch up around on uh, through the league. Uh, Former Chiefs Chiefs guard and I guess Jets guard, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the man out of Mont-Saint-Hilaire, Quebec, uh, has retired officially from the NFL, uh, was a sixth-round pick in 2013, uh, played six years for the Kansas City Chiefs, was a Super Bowl champion on that 2019 team, had a very good career. He was someone who, I mean, obviously didn't get, wasn't highly touted, played at McGill. Uh, If you're not Canadian, that's one of the universities in Montreal. Uh... Just kind of worked his way up. I think people thought he was going to be some, oh, great CFL lineman. And no, it turns out he was a pretty damn good uh, NFL offensive lineman. He was very good at one point. He was very good. Uh, and then once COVID hit, because, sorry, I should have said Dr. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif has retired from the NFL. But yeah, once COVID hit, uh, he went back to work in healthcare, went back to work in the hospitals that were overrun with COVID. Uh, great man, great man of character. Uh, was awesome seeing Duvernay Tardif MD on the back of a jersey. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a shorter career, but I don't think he regrets anything, especially coming away with the Super Bowl. Uh, wishing nothing but the best for our Canadian boy. Um... Next note up, uh, another offensive line news. Uh, pretty sure that I reported that the Bengals cut Lyle Collins a couple weeks ago. Uh, he has now passed his physical. He is free to sign anywhere now, I believe. And someone will definitely give him a contract. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who. There's definitely a lot of teams that need uh, offensive line help. And I mean, 
the team that cut him just instantly came to mind because their offensive line is still kind of smelly. Uh, Ravens have been banged up. Maybe they look at um. A lot of teams need offensive line help. Someone will sign this man very quickly. Uh, just interested to see where he actually ends up. Where If he ends up with a contender or if he just kind of gets the most money he can and just kind of plays it out for a year, get better, and then hopefully gets another bag this offseason. Uh, I guess we'll see for Lyle Collins. Uh, last note up for the weekly update. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show was announced and... It's Usher. Uh, Usher, who hasn't put out an album, I think, since 2016. And even that album in 2016, I'm trying to remember. And I mean, like, with the work I do, I am in work trucks a lot of the day. We listen to the radio way too much. It's the same 10 songs on a loop. Don't remember Usher in 2016 very much, that's for sure. Uh... Does he have some bangers? Of course he has some bangers, but I'm just a little confused about why we went with Usher for the halftime show. Uh, I'm sure he'll be good, and I'm sure he'll bring out a ton of musical guests to feature and share the spotlight with him, but just Usher, not that great, especially considering I just saw that the uh, the CFL, their Grey Cup halftime show, uh, is Carrie Underwood. Would I put Carrie Underwood above Usher? It's pretty damn close. And considering the CFL got Carrie Underwood and all the NFL got was Usher. Uh, big ups for the CFL. That That's all I know. Show will still be fun, but meh. I mean, he should sing Yeah. That's a great song. That's a banger. He, he has some bangers. It's just I'm underwhelmed by Usher. And I think I'm allowed to be underwhelmed by him performing the halftime show. Uh, yeah, that's quite literally all we have for NFL Weekly Update. So let's get into the Week 3 recap. Okay, as always, we will start with the games that we just watched last night. Monday Night Football. Uh, we'll start with the more primetime game, I guess. Uh, Rams versus Bengals. Rams 16, Bengals 19. Uh, was not good football was not played between these two teams last night it was very sloppy uh, let's just start off with the Bengals though it is very evident that Joe Burrow is still hurt uh, he has not been able to push the ball down the field like he can uh, but even with that even, even let's say Joe Burrow is operating right now at 70% health it's fine. Uh, I would take Joe Burrow at 70% over a lot of NFL quarterbacks currently. And the fact that Zach Taylor and this offense has looked so bad, not even like they've been average. They have been a bad offense to start this year. And yeah, you can fault Joe Burrow for being hurt right now. I'm not. Uh when you have guys like Jamar Chase, who they finally got involved, you literally just need to put the ball in his hands, and that's what he does. I don't know where that was for the first two weeks, but that should have been the game plan all along. Short passes to Jamar Chase, let him get those yak yards. Uh, T. Higgins absolutely stunk yesterday, but T. Higgins is a very good player. Like The offensive line, I was shitting on the offensive line, but the offensive line's been better than it has been. It's just, the offense is too good on paper for even... 
with Joe Burrow functioning at 70%, it should be better. It should be better. Uh, I'm calling out Coach Zach Taylor. I think that he is lucky that he has been gifted uh, this good of an offense for him and the fact that Lou Anarumo has not left for a head coaching job. He is a very good defensive coordinator. That defense is still humming. Uh, and if it wasn't for Lou, I think Zach Taylor would have been fired for now. Uh, been fired by now. Uh, it's really, I mean, the Bengals are going to get back on track. Joe will get healthy. Uh, it's just a matter of when, I guess, because you can't have that, like, too many more games like that, especially against a Rams team who... I'm not high on, I think they're, I mean, I'll talk about the Rams in a bit, but 19 points, Monday night football, primetime game at home, like, come on, it's, it's not great, should be better, uh, the Rams had multiple chances to win this game, uh, just didn't end up happening, it was a close game, was, was a very, very, very smelly game, though, uh, do I have anything else? Oh, yeah, let's talk about this Bengals defense because this Bengals defense is still very good. DJ Reader, one of the best defensive tackles in football. He was an absolute force all night. Trey Hendrickson, obviously, being disruptive on the edge. Uh, and I think second-year player now, Dax Hill, uh, he was flying all around the field. He had a couple big plays. I think he had a big tackle for loss in the backfield on Kyron Williams. Also had a sack on Matt Stafford. Uh was fun to see him get used in different ways on the field. It looks like the Bengals found a good one. Uh, yeah, Bengals defense, still a force. The offense needs to get going, and I think it will. It's just a matter of time. But I don't know. It's not looking good. Offense should be better. Offense should be better, and I think we can just kind of leave it at that. Uh, for the Rams. For the Rams... This is, I think we've kind of seen the ceiling with this team. I think if they go up against a team that's good defensively, good to very good defensively, their offense will sputter just a bit. Uh, Puka Nakua did not have double-digit uh, catches again, only had seven on the game. I know, wild, what a bum. Uh Matt Stafford came back down to earth a little bit, had some really good throws, but kind of leveled off of where Matt Stafford is and where Matt Stafford's been for his career, which is still very good, especially in the NFC. Uh, and yeah, they traded away Cam Akers last week to the Vikings, let Kyron Williams know, hey, you're the one getting the all the touches. Maybe they should have waited a little bit to see if Kyron Williams was actually good. Uh, Kyron Williams is not good. Kyron Williams is okay. Uh, fantasy purposes-wise, he will just be a touchdown merchant. If he doesn't score a touchdown, I think most of his outputs for the rest of the season, fantasy-wise, will not be productive, will not be good. Um, in the group chat last night, talking with Moob a little bit, uh, I mentioned that I think this offense could take another level once Cooper Cup gets back. And he's off of the opinion that once Cup gets back, Pukunukua is going to be uh, just not used anymore, which I disagree with. I brought up that obviously was a much, much younger Cooper Cup, but when the Rams had the trio of Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, 
I think we could see something similar with Pooper, Cooper, Pooper, oh God, Cooper Cop, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell. Uh, should be fun. Should be fun. Rams defense has been playing well, given who they have actually starting for them. Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. It has been a joy to watch that man dominate football for the past 11 years now. Uh, Yeah, but I think just as this is kind of what the Rams are going to be, I think they're going to kind of hover around being... uh, I think they'll be around a seven-win team, which sucks. I have their win total at under six and a half. Uh, So hopefully they're a six-win team, not a seven-win team, but... They've shown enough. They have that fight. Sean McVay is still a very, very good coach. Uh, yeah, the Rams The Rams are fine. Rams are all right. Uh, moving on to the other Monday night football game. Eagles-Buccaneers. Eagles 25, Buccaneers 11. Was a scoregami. Somehow. It's a weird score for a scoregami. I mean, the Eagles did get a safety. And then I think that the... The Bucks went for two at some point and then kicked the field goal, and that's how they got 11. But either way, 25-11 for the Eagles. Uh, I can I can praise the Eagles all I want, and I can. And I, I will to start off, and then I'll kind of get into a little bit. Not slander, but just facts. Uh, the run game is still electric. Uh, a lot because of that offensive line, but DeAndre Swift has been very, very good playing for his hometown Eagles team, which I didn't realize. I didn't realize that he was kind of from the Philly area, grew up a diehard Eagles fan. Now he gets to rep that Eagles jersey. Super cool for him. Uh, Swift had 130 yards on the day after having 175 the week before. Uh, that man has been on a tear. That man has been on a mission. He has been very good. Yet they still gave Kenneth Gainwell 14 carries on the game. Don't know why. Obviously, you don't want to give Swift 30 carries a game. I don't think Gainwell's the guy, though. I think you have a guy on the bench, Rashad Penny, who over the last two seasons has averaged six yards a carry. Maybe give him a few touches. Maybe maybe let's start to get Gainwell out of the mix here. Uh, run game's very good, and a big reason for that is because of that Eagles offensive line. There were some uh, screen caps from last night's game where it's just the hole in the middle of the field for Swift to just run through was like five yards wide. Uh, I saw someone tweet or quote tweet that and be like, this is why like the average NFL fan thinks that they can run for 10 yards in the league because this is the hole that they think that they're going to get every time. I was like, hey, maybe if I do have the Eagles offensive line, I could get uh, 10 yards in a game. Very, very, very doubtful, but... I like to believe in myself. Uh, So Eagles offensive line, run game, very, very good. Their front seven is just another level. Just the amount of depth, the amount of young pieces, and those young pieces are so fucking good. Jalen Carter is an absolute animal. Jordan Davis, also an animal. Uh, And then, yeah, they got the old guys with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham's still there? I think Brandon Graham's still there. He might have retired, actually. Uh, but then, yeah, like Reddick and Josh Sweat, uh, another rookie, Nolan Smith. They've just got guys. They've got dudes. Uh, that front seven is one of the best in the league. They just constantly get pressure, and that's what they need to do. They That front seven needs to generate a ton, a ton of pressure. Um, yeah. 
One thing, though, I'm getting very tired of seeing people be like, oh, I can't believe nine teams passed, passed on Jalen Carter. Uh, we're so quickly to forget that Jalen Carter showed up to his workouts not in shape, didn't have good interviews, and also was street racing his teammate who then died in a car crash along with another uh, member of the team. So, yeah, let's not talk Jalen Carter was squeaky clean off the field and somehow he slipped. There was issues. Obviously, are these going to be lingering off-field issues? I doubt it. But it gave teams enough pause for concern to be like, let's take a step back here and really evaluate this guy. He landed in the perfect situation with the Eagles, with a lot of his former teammates to keep him in check. Uh, yeah. Again, I think that he's going to have a spectacular career, but the whole, oh, how did he get to 10? There's a reason why he got the 10. Let's not be obtuse here. I don't know why I've said obtuse, but obtuse is a word that works in that situation. Uh... The Eagles' offense, though, the Eagles' offense is... It doesn't look the same as last year. Uh, Obviously, different offensive play caller now with Brian Johnson calling the plays instead of Shane Steichen. But, again, the offense still looks very, very good. Last year, it was elite, though. Um, And I think that whenever they play a team that is able to stop their run game... again. Which is very hard to do. Very hard to do. Uh, I don't think that passing attack has really been there. Things have looked off. Things have looked a little iffy. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, he had a really nice dot to... uh, I know the guy's first name in my head. I don't know how to pronounce it, though. But it's... uh, Olamade Zacchaeus. Uh, I think that's how you say that name, but there was a dot to him. That was a great ball. Uh, But the passing game just doesn't look as in sync. It's just everything doesn't look as in sync as it did last year. And again, that's really nitpicking because the Eagles' offense is still very good. It's just not elite anymore. I don't think, and maybe they have the chance to get it back to that elite status, but right now it's just not there. Uh, Yeah, just me being picky. Me being picky. Uh, last note on the Eagles, uh, too many people are calling for the uh, so-called tush push to be banned. Uh, stop it. Stop it. The Bucks. I think the Bucks actually did stop it on one of the fourth downs, and they didn't overturn the call, unfortunately. But the Eagles are also the only ones who have been able to do this consistently and at this high of a level of getting first downs. Other teams have tried to replicate it. Other teams have been stopped trying to do this uh, exact same thing. Uh, I'm not going to fault the Eagles for looking at their offensive line, looking at their quarterback, and being like, "Yeah, we're going to do this every time in short yardage because we're going to get we're going to get the first down." It's like telling the Dolphins, "Hey, your guys can't all be that fast. You can only have one fast guy on the team. That's not fair for everyone else." You're right. It's not fair for everybody else. That's for damn sure. Uh but yeah, enough with the ban the tush push. It's being a bunch of crybabies. Um, the Bucks, on the other hand, uh, what can I really say about the Bucks? Mike Evans had a crazy catch where one-handed grab where the defender was coming and then he just basically kind of rode on top of the defender for a little bit. 
wild catch, great catch from him. Uh, Baker Mayfield on the night. Baker came back down the earth. Oh, I should also add, this was a very rainy game. It just started the poor kind of midway through the second quarter, I believe. Rain really started to come down. Baker finally came back down to earth after going on his uh, Fitzmagic run. But as I said last week, it has to end eventually. It comes in waves. It comes in waves when you got a guy like Baker. Uh, it just wasn't his day, but this is something to expect. This Bucks team is... They aren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. I think that they play hard. I think that Baker plays hard. And I think that the offensive guys around that feed off his energy, which is good, which is needed. Uh, I think I probably had them as picking in the top five or around there. I think, again, I don't think that they'll be the worst team in the NFC South this year. Probably not. I don't know. The NFC South is all just kind of, ugh. Uh... The Bucks could win that division. The Bucks could come last in that division. NFC South is the wild, wild west right now. Uh, we will move on from the Monday night and go all the way back to Thursday night. Uh, Giants against the Niners. Giants 12, 49ers 30. Realistically, if you want to listen to a recap of this game, go back and listen to Friday's episode because I absolutely fucking nailed it again. Uh... The game went under. Nick Bosa was a force. The Giants couldn't do anything without Saquon out there. Uh, the lack of Daniel Jones running kind of surprised me. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I guess let's talk about the Niners or Niners a little bit. Uh, everything looks good. Brandon Ayuk wasn't playing. They still scored 30. Uh one thing, and people have started to talk, it looks like Brock Purdy has come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, and with that being said, he's not the guy from last year who played absolutely lights out perfect. Is he still playing very, very well? Yeah, of course he is. But now you can see the mistakes and the, see some of the throws that ah, you should be hitting those. Uh, he's more regressing to the mean of being a game manager rather than someone who can elevate uh, the guys around him. Now, is he a Jimmy G? No. I think he's still better than Jimmy G. I think he runs this offense better than Jimmy G did. Um, But is he in that game manager territory right now? I definitely think it. Uh, I definitely think he is, which isn't a bad thing. I think that's kind of what the Niners need right now. And I mean, they were paying Jimmy G, what, $20 million something a year? And now they're paying Mr. Irrelevant like 750k to be their starting quarterback for the next two more seasons after this before they have to pay him or move on or whatever. But uh, Brock Purdy's still good. The Niners are very, very good still. Uh, number one team in my power rankings right now. Probably won't move until they lose or until other bigger things happen. But... Uh, we shall see. We will keep moving on. Actually, do we need to talk about the Giants? Ah, yes. It was the Matt Breda revenge game for the Giants. Matt Breda finished with... I don't think he had that good of a day, actually. But let's just see what Matt Breda finished with here. Matt Breda had four carries for 17 yards. Wow. Uh, yeah, but... As I was talking, it's like... I don't know why Daniel Jones, who's a very good runner of the football, only had two carries or two attempts for five yards 
seems like something that, hey, maybe if you don't have your dynamic running option out of the backfield, maybe try to use Daniel Jones a little more on the run game. Uh, They chose not to. Definitely bit them in the ass. They weren't winning this game anyways. Was the Niners game all the way. Uh, Yeah, so we shall keep going. Uh, First Sunday, Sunday afternoon game, early slate. Chargers 28, Vikings 24. Game came down to the wire. Uh, No, I'll be nice for the Chargers for at least a little bit. Uh, Herbert had his best game of the season so far. Finished with... He was 40 for 47, 405 yards, three touchdowns, no interception. He is still the only quarterback to not throw or not have a turnover on the season yet. Very good for him. Uh, Keenan Allen, great, great game. 18 catches, 215 yards, no touchdowns. He is a stud, though. Uh, Happy that he's kind of proving some of the doubters wrong. I think me included. I thought Keenan Allen was going to regress a little bit coming into this year. Uh, no, he's he's showing out. He is showing out greatly. I mean, right now he's top 10 receiver in football. I think you could say that with relative ease anyways. Uh, yeah, Chargers offense is very, very good. It has been clicking with uh, new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Obviously, they are missing their best offensive player, Austin Eckler, still. Uh, hopefully he's back soon. I think he will be. But yeah, this uh, this Chargers offense is clicking right now. But and they won this game. But oh my god, the, did did they try to throw this game away at the end? Uh, Justin Herbert. They were marching down the field to take the lead, and I don't know who this defensive back was. I think it might have been Byron Murphy. But you got to stop eating popcorn on the sidelines, getting your fingers all buttery. Uh, because Herbert threw a perfect pass to the DB right off his hands, right into the hands of Josh Palmer for a touchdown. That ended up being the game-winning touchdown. Even though, uh, and then after Herbert did that and whatever, touchdown happens, boom. Uh, the Vikings drove down the field, punted, Chargers get the ball. They're on, I think they're on like their 25-yard line or something like that. Fourth and two, Brandon Staley is like, you know what? I'm going to go for this. I'm not going to punt, trust my defense. I'm going to put my opponent right in scoring territory with not a lot of time left on the clock. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, Luckily for him, the Vikings just aren't that good of a team. Uh, They have now moved to 0-3 in one score games after being 11-0 to start last year. Or they were eleven and zero last year. I just i I don't get it with Brandon Staley. I I, I truly don't. Uh, he tries to be really aggressive when he shouldn't be. He's really uh, what's the opposite of aggressive? Passive, I guess. He's very passive when he should be aggressive in situations, and he's aggressive when he should be passive. I don't get it. That man That man is in his own head. He needs to figure it out. I don't think he will. I don't think the Chargers let him figure it out either. I don't care how this season goes for them. The only way Brandon Staley saves his job, I think, 
the Chargers need to win a playoff game for Brandon Staley to save his job. And I don't even know if you win a playoff game if you want Brandon Staley around still. Uh, either way, great win for the Chargers. Good on them to get their first win of the season. I think they have an easier matchup next week. I could be wrong, though. They play the Raiders. They're going to kick the shit out of them. Uh, let's talk about the... Oh, no. One more Chargers note. Uh, Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams is out for the season now. He tore his ACL. Uh, very, very unfortunate for... I mean... It's the Chargers. I don't know what it is, but every year... Their players get hurt, and it's it's awful. I don't I don't get it, but the Chargers are cursed in that way, like the Ravens and some other teams. Uh, God, because the Ravens injury report. God damn. Um, yeah, so Mike Williams is out for the rest of the year. Uh, Canadian Josh Palmer came in in relief, got that touchdown, had a few other good catches. Uh, but now I am expecting to see rookie Quinn Johnson shine uh this is his time to step up this is his time to get involved because through the first three weeks of the season hasn't really been involved whatsoever has been a non-factor in most games and you're seeing other rookie receivers like uh jackson smith and jigba zay flowers tank dell uh Jaden reed i'm forgetting one of the bigger ones that jordan addison is also playing very well and here you have Quinn, Je- or Quinn Johnson, who's hasn't really had his chance to show out yet, and I'm sure that he'll get it. But you gotta show out because these guys who were picked behind you have been really showing out, and the pressure is on. Uh it should be fine. It should be fine. Uh the Vikings, on the other hand, I mean, Kirk statistically throughout the year has been, he's on pace to smash almost every record in the book, but they're 0-3. Uh, not, I don't know. It's just, this is the Vikings. This is who the Vikings should have been last year. They're kind of still playing the same way. Their offense is scoring a lot of points. Uh, their defense just sucks. Their defense flat out sucks. Uh I know I've, I've said Brian Flores, the DC, still very good. And I still believe that. He he dials up the blitzes a lot, and that's kind of what he does. And that's what that Flores system is, is dial up the blitz. And if they don't get home, the big play will be there. And the Vikings secondary is just buns in general. So it's easy to torch them. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see any turnaround for the Vikings here. I, if I was them... If I was them and you know that you're moving on from Kirk Cousins after this season, I would trade him now. I would trade him to a team like the Jets who are desperate, are trying to be in a win-now mode. I don't know what you get for him. If you get a third, you take it. Uh, If you get a fourth, you take it. I just... If you know that Kirk is not in your future plans, you've started off 0-3, bring in... I don't even know who their backup fucking quarterback is. Bring in him lose try try with one of these rookie quarterbacks see if that happens and obviously you have to keep Justin Jefferson happy but uh yeah not not a great start for the Vikings and I don't really see it 
changing, really. Uh, we'll keep moving on, though. Bills at Commanders. Bills 37, Commanders 3. Uh, Commanders kicked a sad field goal so they wouldn't get shut out in that game. Yeah, the Bills... The Bills are going to roll. The Bills are one of the best teams in football, one of the best offenses in football. And they play the Dolphins this week. And that game will be... I can't wait. I'm so excited for that game. Uh, I really I really don't have much on this game because it's just, oh, yeah, the Bills kicked the shit out of them, as they should. Uh, Bills' defense has been very, very good to start the year. Their pass rush has been good. Josh Allen didn't even need to play great. He was 20 of 32, 218 yards, a passing touchdown, one interception, 46 yards on the ground, one touchdown. James Cook had a good day running. Diggs, 111 yards. Like The offense is just clicking right now. The offense is humming. Uh, uh, talk about the man who replaced uh, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Terrell Bernard. Bernard? Barnard? I don't know. Either way, he had a very good game. He has been very good for the Bills uh, in taking over that starting job. He had two sacks and an interception in that game against the Commanders over the weekend. Ed Oliver, a sack and a half. Daquan Jones, a sack and a half. They are they are getting pressure with the guys that they have right now, and they are still waiting for Vaughn Miller to come back from his injury. Watch out for the Bills. I think that's all I can say is watch out for the Bills. Miami versus Bills is going to be absolute fireworks. I cannot wait. Uh, from the commander side, Sam Howell has come back down to earth after starting relatively well for his career. Uh, on last week's Wednesday show, I did say that uh, Sam, Dar- or Sam Howell, NFL quarterback. I still stand by that. Did he have four interceptions in this game? Yes. But NFL quarterback, and I said this last Wednesday, also means I think he's just he could just be a backup for a long time. And I think Sam Howell could be a backup for a long time. Uh, but I think he will be an NFL quarterback in this league for a decent while. We'll have a good career. We'll be able to retire with his career earnings and not have to get another job like some guys do. Uh, not a good game from the Commanders. I'm sure that they'll bounce back. Uh Brian Robinson has been very, very good to start the year. Uh, that is a man I doubted coming out of Alabama. He has proved me wrong. Uh, yeah, and maybe then I think they stopped. Just stop giving Antonio Gibson the ball. He fumbles way too much, way too much. Uh, we shall keep going with Saints-Packers. Saints 17, Packers 18. Uh great fourth quarter comeback by the Packers and Jordan Love. He really turned it on when they needed it most because the rest of that game, he kind of stunk. Uh, yeah, and the Packers are now 2-1, and one, and we want to talk about one of these very injured teams right now. It is the uh, it's the Green Bay Packers. Like, Aaron Jones missed this game. Uh, Christian Watson also missed this game. David Bakhtiari missed the game. I think uh, I think that Elkin Jenkins also missed the game. Jair Alexander also missed the game. They were without a lot of guys, and they have been in every game that they've played in. Uh, still haven't faced a real tough opponent yet, I'll say that, but 
they've come ahead uh, a lot. They have come out ahead a lot in these matchups, and I mean that's obviously why they're two and one. But uh, the Packers have something. I don't know what it is, but they have something. Uh jury's still out on Jordan Love. Again, I feel like I need to see more more consistency about what he does because I've seen him flash. I've seen some absolutely terrible moments. Uh, he seems to have an issue with just his footing and his feet slipping out from under him. Uh, he had the, I mean, the QB sneak last week where he just, the whole offensive line didn't go except for him. And then this week he was scrambling, scrambling, and then slipped and stumbled and he had a guy wide open for a first down and then just missed him because he lost his footing. I think Jordan Love has been pretty good. He will get more reps and we need more consistency and we need to see how this Packers team looks like with their full uh, offensive arsenal. I think that it's Lions-Packers this week. So that should be a fun game. That should be a fun game. Uh, On the Saints side though, Lucky for them, uh, Alvin Kamara is back this week because, boy, do they need the help. Uh, it's just not not good. Derek Carr left the game with an injury, did not come back. I think he has a shoulder injury. Yes, AC joint. He's week to week right now. So that means we get famous Jameis. Jameis Winston is coming in. Uh We'll see if he's learned not to be an idiot yet. I'm unsure, but we'll find out very quickly. Obviously, Saints getting back Camara will be a huge help. Um, part of me thinks that next week could be a big Taysom Hill game. With Alvin Kamara back, get Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston in at quarterback. They don't really like him anyways, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. Not a lot of... Uh, Good things to say about the Saints, really. Shout out to Chris Olave, though. Eight catches, 104 yards. Also, shout out to Jimmy Graham for catching a touchdown. Uh, Wild that he is catching touchdown passes in 2023, but hey, he's out here doing it at the age of 36. Good for him. Uh, Moving on to a game that I honestly didn't watch that much. Uh, The only note I have down for this game is Sam Laporta is an absolute monster. Falcons 6, Lions 20. Uh, Yeah, Sam Laporta is an absolute monster. I don't know what it is in Iowa and them just breeding these great NFL tight ends. You got guys like George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson. I'll even throw Noah Fant's name out there. He's still been solid. And now you got a guy like Sam Laporta who looks to be the next one. Uh, He had eight catches on the day for 84 yards, one touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I can say the Falcons defense. I like this Falcons defense. This is a good Falcons defense. They played one of the better offenses in the NFL, held their own. Uh... But really, it's this Falcons offense, which is just mind-numbingly painful to watch at times. Uh, The script got away from them early, and that's why Desmond Ritter had to throw the ball 38 times. Uh, I think Arthur Smith doesn't want Ritter throwing more than 25 times in a game, I could probably say. Uh, Bijan only got 10 carries on the ground, because that's... That's what you have to do. You have to stop 
stop this run game and it kind of shuts down the Falcons in general. Uh, Falcons loved using their tight ends this week, though. Kyle Pitts, five catches for 41 yards. Jonu Smith, uh, five catches for 37 yards. So the fact that Jonu Smith and Kyle Pitts are getting, like, equal target share, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's something of note, I guess. I don't understand it, but here we are. Here we are. Um, I don't have much to say on this game. Lions are a good team. Both teams now 2-1. and one. I think they'll get back on track more next week. Uh, next game up, the Tennessee Titans 3, Browns 27. Uh, Browns played very, very well. Uh, the Predator, the Nasty Man, I hate to say it, but he had his best game as a Cleveland Brown so far. He looked like old... Old Watson again was evading pressure, escaping sacks that he probably shouldn't have. Like I think the Titans, how many times the Titans sacked him three times on the day? He should have been sacked seven, I'd say. Uh Watson, very good day though. Twenty-seven of thirty-three, two hundred eighty-nine yards passing, two passing touchdowns. Uh Ooh. Jerome Ford stunk. 10 carries for 18 yards. Yeesh. Uh, Pierre Strong was actually their best back of the day if we're uh, going off averages. But, uh, yeah, the Browns, this is the first time that the Browns offense, or at least passing offense, has looked in sync. Obviously kind of riding that emotional wave from last week with the Nick Chubb injury. This was definitely an emotional win for them, wanting to get that win for their, their teammate. Uh, I have to start factoring that into my betting to be like, oh, this guy just had like a really bad injury, like the heart of the team. Uh, Not always a detriment to that team, especially in the next week, because I think that the next week, those guys really want to play hard for the guy that just got hurt. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, The Browns defense has also been ferocious to start this year. Top three defense in football at this moment. Uh, Miles Garrett, welcome to the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. He had three and a half sacks on the day. Uh, I don't know if people saw this clip, but towards... I don't know at what stage in the game this was, but obviously Miles Garrett was a havoc. Titans could not stop him. Titans' offensive line is so bad. But uh, Titans started going in jumbo sets, having two tight ends on the field, and... If Miles Garrett would move from one tackle to the other tackle, those two tight ends would follow him. So Miles Garrett was just like, okay, I'm just going to move back and forth. And are you guys going to follow me until the play clock runs out? Uh, Titans end up, ended up getting a delay of game because of that. But it is just wild the amount of respect that Miles Garrett garners from opposing teams' offenses and offensive lines where. Yeah, this guy's so good. We're going to have two tight ends just shadow him wherever he lines up on the field. Uh, Garrett figured that out pretty quickly and was able to exploit them for it. But uh, yeah, Miles Garrett, welcome to the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. What other things do I have to talk about this game? Uh, Yeah. Oh, the Amari Cooper catch where it should have been a touchdown and... 
the ref said he stepped out of bounds. He wasn't even close to stepping out of bounds. So that was kind of bullshit. Uh, Titans, though, I can't tell if this Titans offense is just old or their offensive line is just so bad right now. Uh, Offensive line also without first-round pick Peter Skronsky. I think that did make a pretty decent difference in this game. Uh, But, like, Ryan Tannehill, old, kind of losing it. Derrick Henry has not shown to be what Derrick Henry can be and what he's used to being. Uh, I'm still waiting for Tractor Cedo season. That comes usually in November when the weather starts getting cold. Derrick Henry just keeps on going. Uh, Yeah. So, and again, they did face a really, really good Browns defense, and the Browns defense obviously keying in on Derrick Henry, letting that pass rush get there because... You got old-ass Ryan Tannehill throwing to old-ass DeAndre Hopkins, and Hopkins has looked pretty good the start of the year. But, yeah, I I think I'm on the page where Titans' offense is just so bad because their offensive line is so bad. I think if they had an average offensive line, I think this offense would actually be pretty good, and it could get humming with guys like Hopkins and Traylon Burks and... Chiggy Okonkwo and that run game going with Derrick Henry and rookie Ty, uh, Ty J Spears. Uh, yeah, Titans, fine team. They're a fine team. Uh, we'll keep moving, though. We will go to one of the... Is this the first upset that I've talked? Yes, this is the first upset of the day. Texans 37, Jag 17. Uh... Listen, a game that not many people would have picked the Texans to win money line. I know I definitely didn't. Uh, Good, I'm like, great for the Texans. Great for the Texans. CJ Stroud has been absolutely unbelievable to start his career so far. The amount of poise and composure that guy has on uh, collapsing pockets is great and his touch and anticipation on his throws it's very very good this is this is kind of what we saw uh from CJ Stroud when they went against that Georgia team in the college football playoffs and then I think that was that was the game where I'm like man is CJ Stroud really QB1 of this class uh I went away from it cuz as the weeks and the months goes on away, like as as we get as we got further away from that Georgia game got out of my memory a little bit. Should have went back and watched that because this is the C.J. Stroud that we're seeing in the NFL right now. Uh, He has been lights out. Definitely the best rookie QB of the bunch so far, obviously. We have years and years of judging how this rookie class and how these rookie QBs play out. I mean, hey, if you would have called the the 2020 rookie class after five games, would have been... Actually, I don't even know who it would have been. Because Joe Burrow tore his ACL, so he didn't even play in 2020. So it just would have been Herbert, I guess Tua by default, because at least he played 2020. Then Burrow, and then Jalen Hurts. Now, I put all four of those QBs in the same conversation. Actually, I don't know. Burrow is hurt, so I shouldn't be looking at his recent play and being like, ah, that's going to translate for the rest of the season. I'll still put Burrow in that one tier above where I have Tua and Herbert and Hurts, but uh, 
that 2020 draft was special. If you got a QB in that, you got a good QB. Uh, what game was I talking about, though? Ah, the Houston Texans. So CJ Stroud has been very, very good to start his career so far. Uh, Damian Pierce has just not been able to get anything going on the ground. Uh, hasn't been a good start. Rookie Tank Dell has been a monster so far. He had five catches for 145 yards in this game, one touchdown. Uh, he's been a monster. Other rookie, Will Anderson, had a blocked field goal in this. Uh, yeah, Texans are fun. Texans are fun. And, and I said this in the offseason where I don't think the Texans are going to be one of these bad teams that are just kind of a pushover because right now, I think the only team that's been like that has been the Bears, where they're the only truly bad team in the NFL right now. Because I think everyone else, I give them a chance to win any given Sunday. The Bears, not so much. And we'll talk about that game in a bit. Uh, the Jags on the other side, though. Um, not great. Not great. The red zone. No. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. The offense, it looks like it's its so close to being there and so close for things to working, but it's just not right now. And there was a couple key drops that could have changed the outcome of this game, but didn't. Uh, oh, last thing I have to say about the Texans. Uh, Andrew Beck, their fullback slash tight end, had a... Actually, I'm going to get the numbers right on this because he deserves his praise. He had a... 85-yard kick return for a touchdown. Andrew Beck listed at 6'3", 255, 85-yard kick return. The highlight of his career. You absolutely love love to see things like that. Uh, yeah. Okay, back to the Jags. Jags' offense has just not been clicking. It's been close, and things have worked well some weeks, not worked well other weeks, and things that haven't worked well some weeks have worked well in other weeks. It just hasn't been cohesive, hasn't been all on the same page yet, and I'm sure that they'll get there. We're still very, very early in this season. However, this Jags defense that I've kind of been praising a little bit uh, was a very, very rough game, especially for a Texans team that had four, four starters missing from the offensive line and... Guys like Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker couldn't do couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, uh, am I worried about the Jags? I'm not. I think that they'll get back on track. I think that they'll safely win this division, even though the Colts right now are leading that division, which is absolutely nuts because it's the Colts, Colts at two and one, then Jags. Titans and Texans all at one and two right now. Uh, again, I think things will change, but this is not a game that you expect the Jags to lose. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence now is one and four against the Texans for his career, which is just objectively funny considering how bad the Texans have been. I mean, they, I guess the Jags have also been very bad in that time time frame. Uh, yeah, we will. Uh, We'll keep going, though. Next game up, we have the Patriots and the Jets. Uh, Patriots 15, Jets 10. My one note for this game is this is the game that no one watched unless you are a 
Patriots or Jets fan. Didn't come across Red Zone once. Uh, Sorry about the Patriots, though. This was another wet, rainy game. The defense did exactly what they should against Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback in football. Uh, They did their job. They did exactly what they needed to do. So I don't really care about what the Patriots did this week. Uh, This is exactly what should have happened. Should they have probably won by more? Maybe. The Jets do have a very good defense, I'll say that. Um, yeah, I, I really I don't know what to talk about in this game. Uh, the Jets the Jets stink. Uh, I think they're bringing in Trevor Simeon as a backup or potential. I think there's better quarterbacks available than Trevor Simeon. I think Trevor Simeon is definitely better than Zach Wilson. Like, Zach Wilson just sucks. He just flat-out sucks. There's no way to sugarcoat that, really. Uh, I don't know. I, I I, think the one noteworthy thing to come out of this game was uh, Mac Jones likes grabbing other people's nuts. Uh, Sauce Gardner proceeded to throw him to the ground after that, and then Mac Jones complained and whined about, oh, he pushed me. Don't go grab another guy's junk. That's just, that's just a weird... Weird thing, uh, the comparison getting thrown around is Mac Jones is the the NFL equivalent to uh, to Grayson Allen. Uh, if you don't know the name Grayson Allen, I mean, look up his highlights at Duke. That man is one of the most, not even dirty, just cheap shots and tripping people and just being an all-around piece of shit. Uh, I think Mac Jones is getting very close to that. I don't think there are a lot of defensive players that like him around the league. I think he's getting a reputation of being of being that kind of guy and I don't you don't want to be that kind of guy cuz in football it's not like oh I can get under a guy's skin and like it's just ah oh, Mac Mac is a loser. I think it's just it's easy to say he's just a loser. Uh is he a fine NFL quarterback? Sure. Is he a loser? You're goddamn right he's a loser. Uh yeah, I, I, I have nothing football-related to talk about this game, though, other than, yeah, Mac Jones likes grabbing other guys' nuts. Uh, we will keep moving on, though, on to the, I mean, was the best game, I don't, like, truly the best game, I best offensive performance I have ever seen in the NFL ever, uh... Broncos 20, Dolphins 70. Yes, you heard that right. Dolphins 70. They won by 50 points. Let's just start off with some stats here. Most yards in an NFL game in history. 1951. The Rams versus the Yanks. Who the fuck are the Yanks? I don't know. They had 735. The Dolphins, last Sunday... 726 against Denver, and the 1958 Steelers had 683 against the Cards. Most points in a game in NFL history. Uh, Technically, the record goes to Washington versus the Giants in 1966 with 72, but technically it's the Bears versus Washington in 1940 when they had 73 points. And here are the Dolphins... 60 years later, is putting up 70 in the modern NFL. Again, I'm saying 66. I'm saying 1940. 
That's when football wasn't even football. That was just, it was more rugby than anything back then. Uh, so absolutely just mind-blowing that the Dolphins scored 70. Uh, the Dolphins now, the Dolphins scored more points on Sunday than 18 other teams have this season. 18. 18 other teams haven't scored 70 points on their in their three games so far. The Dolphins did that in one game. Uh Talk about this running game, though, which was absolutely tremendous. Uh, Devon A-Chan. It is not A-Chain. Apparently, it's A-Chan, so I'll try to keep doing that. Uh, Devon A-Chan, 18 carries, 202 yards, two touchdowns, then four catches for 30 yards for another two touchdowns, four touchdowns total. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 13 carries for 82 yards, three touchdowns. Seven catches for 60 yards, one touchdown. We had two running backs with eight total touchdowns. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Tua at half was 16 for 16 for 206 yards, two touchdowns on the game. Uh, He finished 23 of 26, 309 yards, four TDs. He had more touchdowns than incompletions in this game. Uh... I am the happiest I have ever been as a Dolphins fan. I think most Dolphins fans should share that same joy. Obviously, not many of us were around for that perfect 72 season, but 70 points in a game, man. My God, I'm I'm happy that Chu wasn't here to rain on my parade and be like, oh, do it when it matters, or I don't even know. God, the people trying to discount a 70-point game is nuts. Uh, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's happened three times now in NFL history. I got Tony being like, oh, hang the banner, 70-point. You're goddamn right we're going to hang a banner. Are you kidding me? That's so impressive. We're going. Yeah, there's going to be a mural somewhere in Hard Rock Stadium commemorating us putting up 70 points on the Denver fucking Broncos in a professional football game. These are two professional teams that played against each other, and the and the Dolphins won by fucking fifty. This is something this is to be celebrated. It should be celebrated, and to just add, we did all of this without Jalen Waddle on the field. Um, the Dolphins are humming. I don't know what else to say. We have the best offense in football. Our offensive line that has been an issue these last couple years. We finally got. Solid coaching. Uh, we finally have the same kind of offensive line. They're all getting used to each other. <coughs> We've only allowed one sack on the year so far. The run game, which was an issue last year. We have one of the better run games in football right now. Our passing attack is unbelievable with all of the motions that McDaniel is doing with Tyreek and Waddle. It's so hard for anyone to cover. It's great, and people are, and are like, oh, they're going to come back crashing down the earth, and yeah, we will. We can't score 70 every week, but right now, I mean, we scored, what did we fucking put up against the uh, the Chargers week one there? I forget now. Uh, Chargers week one, we scored 36. Patriots, we scored 24. We also missed two field goals in that game. Uh, Chu doesn't like to bring that up, though. Uh, and then we scored 70 on the Broncos. This is going to be one of the better offenses in the NFL, regardless if it comes back down to earth at some point, and it will. Everyone, 
ebbs and flows in their season, has down games, has off weeks. I mean, the Chiefs lost to the Colts last year. The Bills in 2020 lost to the Jags that were winless. Uh, Things happen. Weird things happen. But this Dolphins team is locked and ready to go. Uh, And it wasn't just the offense this game. Obviously, the offense scored fucking 10 touchdowns. But the defense still played very well. Uh, Javon Holland has been playing like one of the best safeties in football. He had two forced fumbles on the day, both on Cortland Sutton. Uh, our defense was getting there with pressure and it's not like the Broncos offense really played bad I don't think that they did Um, the Dolphins offense was just clicking on another level and the Broncos defense couldn't do anything to stop them I mean there are some screen caps from this game too where it's there's A-Chain following his lead blocker and everyone behind him. There's like four Broncos defensive linemen just lying down on the field because they got mauled or they got their ankles broken. Uh, this is a very, very fun Dolphins team. This is a very, very real Dolphins team. People are on notice, definitely. Uh, this is the, I mean, in our group chat there, we always say, oh, this person's down horrendous. This person's up horrendous. I am the most up I have ever been in my NFL fandom career. Dolphins are a very good team. Dolphins are a very, very, very good team. And people also bring out, oh, what if Tua gets hurt? Then you're done. If most NFL starting QBs get hurt, their teams are cooked. That's not some strictly Dolphins Tua thing. If Justin Herbert were to miss the rest of the season for the Chargers, I don't think Chase Daniel is willing them to the playoffs. If Pat Mahomes were to miss the rest of the season, I don't think that Matt Moore... Actually, no, it's Blaine Gabbert now. I don't think Blaine Gabbert is leading the charge for the Chiefs. If Josh Allen were to miss time, who's their backup right now? It's not still Matt Barkley. Uh, Either way, I don't care. They're not. They're not doing anything. This is just what happens when we have good football teams, like g- great football teams, I should say. Is you try to knock them down, and yeah, if Tua gets hurt, it's going to suck. But it's gonna suck if any starting quarterback gets hurt or, or, around the league. It's just. It is what it is. This is what ha- when you have a super superstar quarterback. This is what we get. You got if they get hurt. The team's done. It is what it is. Um, we let's talk about the Vikings for not the Vikings. Oh my god, the Broncos for just a little bit because I didn't mention. I don't think that the Broncos necessarily played that bad. Um, it was close-ish in the first half. Obviously, we were rolling on offense regardless, but uh Cortland Sutton had two bad fumbles that would have possibly led to scoring drives for the Broncos, and their defense just couldn't hang. It was as simple as that. Russ didn't look that bad. Actually, I was very impressed with a few of Russ's throws uh, hanging in there in the pocket, getting smacked just just after throwing the football and making those throws. I thought Russ actually looked pretty good, if we're being honest. Uh, Just everything else was... Not great. Uh, God, I want to keep talking about Miami. We're, we're so fucking good. All of it without Jalen Waddle. All of it without Jalen Waddle. Uh, yeah, I'm 
we're such a good fucking football team. It's it's going to be a great year. It is going to be a great year. I'll, I will move off the game, though. I will be nice. Uh, also, big shout-out to Tyreek Hill for always doing Tyreek things. Uh, nine catches, 157 yards, one touchdown. Monster. He's a monster. He's unguardable in this league. Uh, next game up, uh, the Colts 22, Ravens 19. This game went to overtime. Uh, the Colts. Colts are playing pretty good football. Uh, am I shocked about this outcome? A little bit. I think the Colts' defense has been uh, relatively good to start this year so far. Uh, have they played a lot of really good teams? No. I mean, they gave up 30 to the Jags week one, then they beat the shit out of the Texans, and now played a close game to the Ravens. But uh, Colts' defense is playing well. The team in general is playing well. Uh, Gardner Minshew did Gardner Minshew things. Uh did what he needed to, was 27 for 44, 227 yards, one passing touchdown, no interceptions. It's what you kind of need your backup quarterback to come in and do. Uh, Zach Moss had 122 yards on the ground. Uh, was just a solid day from the Colts. And then on the Ravens side, it it just simply simply was not. The amount... <clears throat> The amount of injuries that this Ravens team has right now is mind-blowing going into uh, week three of a season. Well, let's see if I can figure out who's been, who's out. So obviously J.K. Dobbins is out. Uh, Justice Hill missed this game. Uh, OBJ missed this game. Tyler Linderbaum missed this game. I think Ronnie Stanley missed this game. Andrew Voorhees missed this game. Uh, Marlon Humphrey missed this game. Tyus Bowser missed this game. I think Odafe Owa also missed this game. Trayvon Mullen missed this game. Ardarius Washington missed this game. Demarion Williams missed this game. Marcus Williams missed this game. They are already so goddamn hurt for being three weeks into the season. Uh... And again, I, I'm one of those people, injuries aren't an excuse, especially when you are this Ravens team who should be beating a team like the Colts. Uh, Ravens offense just hasn't really clicked yet. Uh, Lamar was the entire offense. Uh, it's 22 for 31, 202 yards, and he had 14 rushes on the ground for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh Lamar is a very special quarterback. He does things that no other QBs could. Um, he also had two fumbles, lost one of those, which was also kind of crucial. But yeah, the Ravens offense just hasn't looked great. They've been throwing a lot of screen passes, trying to run. I think, I mean, it's tough. And I say like, oh, you got to use Lamar's arm a little more, but it has to be better. Like get Mark Andrews involved more, get him the ball, get Zay Flowers the ball more, even though Zay Flowers still have eight catches. Um, it just, it just, it should be better. It should be better for the Ravens. This is a game that they shouldn't lose, but they did. Uh, I think my last, uh, my last question, uh, for the Ravens is Justin Tucker actually washed now? 
he missed a 61-yard field goal to uh, to win the game. And obviously, I mean, a 61-yard field goal is very, very hard to hit. Not many kickers can make that. Uh, but it's just, it's it's so weird. You see Justin Tucker and this is, boom, automatic, he's got this. Uh, and he kicked it and it was online and it's like, oh, it's good. But he just didn't have the, uh, he didn't have enough leg behind it this time, fell short, Colts come down and they win the game in overtime. Uh, just nuts. Not, not. Not great for the Ravens, anyways. I I expect better things from them. That's for damn sure. Uh, we'll keep moving on, though. Oh, I didn't even talk about this in the Miami game. Sorry. Going back to the Miami game, uh, Coach Mike McDaniel, this was also a revenge game for him. Uh, McDaniel started as the Broncos ball boy, moved on to an assistant role, and then eventually worked his way up into being the Miami Dolphins coach we have now. Uh, Mike McDaniel was a very hot name in the 2022 coaching carousel, uh, and the Broncos didn't even give him an interview. They were all, all in on Nathaniel Hackett, I think, because they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers, if we're being honest. Uh, they were all in on Hackett, didn't give the guy who started his career with the Broncos there, and I think that's kind of what did them in. Uh, I think Mike McDaniel also also feels slighted for that. I think he's from the Denver area, and to not even get an interview from a team that you started your professional coaching, and not even coaching, as a ball boy, uh, to not even get that chance to interview is, I think, that was a slap to the face for McDaniel. Uh, and hey, they talked about not running up the score and stuff, but... Uh, you got to stop them at some point because we were running the ball and the Broncos just could do nothing, nothing to stop it. Uh, Tua had a funny quote, which I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but it was basically along the lines of, uh, we didn't humiliate the Broncos. It just happened to turn out that way, which absolutely hilarious. I love that quote. Uh, Enough of the Dolphins though. Actually not enough of the Dolphins. This is going to be a reoccurring thing every week that the Dolphins are a very good football team. Get used to it. Uh, We'll keep going, though. Panthers 27, Seahawks 37. Uh, Seahawks offense uh, was humming, was clicking on all cylinders mostly. Geno Smith was doing Geno Smith things. 23 for 36, 296 yards, one passing touchdown, one interception. Uh, the run game finally got going with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Walker, 18 carries, 97 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Zach Charbonnet had nine carries for 46 yards. DK Metcalf had a monster game, six carries, 100 or six catches, 112 yards. Walker also added another three catches and 59 yards uh, for his stat line too. Uh the Seahawks seem to have gotten things back on track. Good for them after that uh, opening loss to the Rams there. And this is kind of who I expect the Seahawks to be. I expect them to be a good team uh, and a team like this. I think the Seahawks have a, a fairly tough matchup next week, I believe. Ooh, no. Giants. Sun- Monday Night Football. That's smelly. Uh, never mind. But yeah, Seahawks look good. Simple as that. Uh, the Panthers on the other side. Uh, it's the best their offense has looked all season, and it was out 
and it was without first overall pick Bryce Young. He is hurt. So Andy Dalton, the red rifle, came in 34 for 58, 361 yards, two touchdowns. 58 attempts is absolutely nuts. They only had uh, 14 carries on the ground in total. Weird game. Adam Thielen, man, what a what a vintage Dalton and Adam Thielen game. Adam Thielen had 11 catches, 145 yards, one touchdown. Uh, it just it just simply wasn't enough. Uh, I again, I don't think this Panthers team is very good. Do I think that they'll? Do I think that they're better than 0-3 right now? I do. Uh, I truly think the only 0-3 team in the league should be the Bears. They're that bad. Bears are truly in a class of their own for being bad. Uh, but, yeah. Panthers team, got to figure some shit out. It is not working right now. Uh, I don't have much to say if we're really being honest, so we will keep moving. Oh, uh, shout out to Seahawks training camp legend Jake Bobo. He caught a touchdown in the game. Good for Jake Bobo. Uh, next game up, we have the Dallas Cowboys versus the Arizona Cardinals. Cowboys 16, Cardinals 28. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals first. The Cardinals, the winning team. This team was getting shot on all all offseason, also by me. Uh, they, they were going to be bad. They're just, they don't have guys on the roster. They're... They're just going to get kind of embarrassed in every game. Jonathan Gannon, I don't know if he's the coach, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they've shut everyone up in these first three weeks. They have been in every game so far. They beat the Cowboys, who looked like they were on an absolute tear through the first two weeks of the season, playing against the Jets and the or the Giants and the Jets. But again, those two teams fucking suck. So not a surprise. Um, Cardinals, yeah, they're playing very, very well. Uh, they're using players in creative ways. I think John, uh, James Conner was averaging seven yards per carry uh, in this game, which is crazy because that's not a guy who really averages that high of numbers. Uh, they're getting their guys involved. They're using Rondell Moore, who is a very explosive player in more creative ways, ways that Cliff Kingsbury did not use him, using more out of the backfield, which I think is very, very smart. Uh, am I in on the Cardinals now for this season? No, absolutely not. Do I still think that they'll finish with a top five pick? I do. But good on them for playing hard, proving the doubters wrong. Uh, I will say, though, if Kyler Murray comes back at some point this season, let's say November, uh, I think Kyler, the way that this team is looking, and I know that Kyler is way, way better than Josh Dobbs is at quarterback, uh, that could push the Cardinals out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes might even push them out of the top five where they might not even be in the Drake May sweepstakes and might have to make a trade up. But maybe Kyler's their guy and they're going to be fine with uh, having their pick wherever that's going to be in the top 10 and then wherever that Texans pick is going to be in the first round. And maybe they just roll with Kyler and see what happens, but uh, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Ah, uh, the Cowboys on the other side. I had I had Cameron complaining to me about not having the Cowboys higher in my power rankings the first two weeks. 
Because I think I had them at five both weeks. And he's like, oh, but they've been they've been so good. Their point differential is insane. Their defense looks absolutely incredible. And both times I said, and I'm like, listen, all of that's true, Cameron, but this offense has not been tested and has not really looked that great in general. And uh, what happens when the Cowboys defense for the first time this season doesn't play absolutely lights out? The Cowboys offense can't do anything. They were great in between the 20 and 20 markers on the field. Uh, but they were absolutely terrible in the red zone. They were one for five in the red zone. Um, just not, not good. The play calling is not great. It's just, this is kind of what I expect from Mike McCarthy. This is, this is who Mike McCarthy is as a play caller, as an offensive head coach. Uh, I don't, I just truly, I don't expect good things. Uh, What can I can I talk? Oh yeah, no, fucking Mike McCarthy's comments after the game. So here's Mike McCarthy not even complaining after the game, but putting blame on himself, which he should. Uh they had three offensive linemen out of the game. I think it was Zach Martin, Tyler Biadish, and I think Tyron Smith were all out of the game and made a big difference. But uh Mike McCarthy put the blame on himself because he didn't prep the younger guys who some of them were getting their very first starts in the NFL for the game, which I don't know how you don't get guys reps when you, you know that there's a chance that these three other starters might not play. Uh, so just bad, bad coaching on his part. I it's like, get your guys prepped for the game. So here he is being like, Oh, well, part of the reason why we lost is we had three missing offensive linemen. The goddamn Texans missed four starters from the game. And what what did D'Amico Ryans have to say after the game? He was like, oh, next man up. If you get a chance to play, you're, we know you're, you're going to play hard. You're going to play efficient. You're going to play the way that we play football here in Houston. Uh, but no, Mike McCarthy just decided not to have his younger guys prep for a game where he knew that they would be playing. Um, But this is, this is my big hang-up with the... Uh, with the Cowboys, I think they, they do have a very good defense, and this defense looked terrible without Trayvon Diggs in the lineup. I don't think that long term, it's gonna they're gonna have that great of an effect. But uh, yeah, if the defense doesn't play well, I don't trust this offense to score points. I don't think they're they're scary. I think that they were scary with a proper offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore. And I still have my fucking issues with Kellen Moore. I just know that he's way better than Mike McCarthy. I think the Cowboys are missing Kellen Moore very badly. I think he should have been their head coach probably or Dan Quinn. Just not Mike McCarthy. Um Cowboys have the Pats next week though. That defense should be playing very pissed off. Uh Mac Jones better watch out because he's going to get his head taken off probably by Micah Parsons a couple times. Uh, Yeah, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Uh, Two more games left. Bears and Chiefs. Bears 10, Chiefs 41. Chiefs had 35 points at halftime. They were on pace to do what the Dolphins did and then uh, took off. Took their foot off the gas just a little earlier than we did, that's for sure. Um, 
yeah, my my notes for this game. Uh, obviously, the big news from this game was Taylor Swift was in attendance. Uh, Travis Kelsey's potential new beau uh, was in the building. Was it's it's been very funny seeing a bunch of Taylor Swift stands uh, try to learn football and them finding out things about Travis Kelsey. Like I saw one get mad that Travis Kelsey, because uh, if you remember from training camp, Travis Kelsey got in a bit of a fight with one of his teammates, threw some punches, uh, and one of these Swifties calling Travis Kelsey toxic and aggressive and if this how he how he is uh if this is how he acts in, in the public then i can only imagine how bad he would be behind closed doors taylor deserves better blah 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 uh yeah so fun getting taylor swift fans involved in football and with uh with with the additions to uh the swifties and chiefs kingdom uh i got these stats from joe Pompolano on uh, on Twitter here. Uh, Travis Kelsey on the day, seven catches for 69 yards and a TD. Nice. Uh, gained 300,000 social media followers. He's had a 400% increase in merchandise sales. Top five selling jersey in the NFL. That's the Taylor Swift effect. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, like, I feel like Kelsey would have had a top five selling jersey anyways, but probably not because it's usually quarterback dominated. Uh, but yeah. <coughs> uh, the Swift effect is real. I think people are still trying to figure out if this is like a PR relationship or if they're like actually going out right now. Uh, it was also funny seeing clips of pregame of people on the Chiefs sideline. Uh pointing to be like oh my god that's taylor swift in the box like all being like stunned by it and pat mahomes doing his goofy little wave up to her in the box i don't know it was very very funny very funny uh let's talk about football though because this is what this fo- or this podcast is about is the nfl uh i don't have much to say the bears fucking stink the chiefs are a very good football team i think my one note for the chiefs uh rookie Rashi rice Looks to be building a connection with Mahomes. Uh, other than Travis Kelsey, I think he led the receivers in uh, receptions. So something to look out for. Maybe Rishi Rice is going to be the uh, emerging wide receiver one for this team. Uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Uh, the Bears. The Bears are bad. The Bears are the worst team in football. Uh, they're just flat out bad. I I don't know what it is. Matt Eberflus, defensive coach. I know that they don't have a lot of defensive stars on this team, but they stink. They stink at every level. Nothing works. DJ Moore already wants to leave. It's just bad. Uh, And yeah, I've been saying throughout this episode where I think they're the only truly bad team in the NFL right now. No one's really... No one's in that same tier as them. And I mean, oh, you have the 0-3 Vikings as well. The Vikings would kick the shit out of the Bears. And, like, kick the shit? Like, they'd win by, like, 15 points probably. Um, yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen with the Bears. I think Matt Eberflus is definitely on the hot seat. Do I think that he gets a chance to pick his quarterback? Yes, I do. Uh, do I think that it will happen? 
I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see because right now the Bears are looking like they're going to have two top five picks uh, with their pick and then the Panthers pick. We'll see how it plays out for the rest of the year, but the Bears are just flat out bad. There's no more defending the Bears. The Bears suck. Don't bet on anything Bears related ever. Bears are a bad football team. Uh, And last game of the night, Sunday night football, Steelers 23, Raiders 18. Uh, The Steelers' defense is so good, the rest of it doesn't matter. Uh, The only things that I enjoyed watching this game was the Steelers' defense, and then Max Crosby and Devontae Adams. That's about it. Uh, Yeah, Steelers' defense is one of the best in the league. They did their job. They did their part. Uh, Steelers' offense, on the other hand, was probably their best performance of the season so far. Still wasn't great. They had a couple... Uh, they had a big chunk play to uh, to Calvin Austin there for a long touchdown. But other than that, not much to really be proud of. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both averaged 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, yeah, I Steelers offense isn't good. Steelers defense is very good, and that is the only thing that will keep them in games for this season. Um the Raiders, on the other hand, Jimmy G is getting worse and worse. He had a terrible, terrible game. Uh, the Raiders' offense was just throw to throw to Adams, and hopefully he can do something. Um, I think Jimmy G has a good chance to get benched at some point this season, so the Raiders can get a look at their rookie Aiden O'Connell, who looked very good in the preseason. Uh yeah, and then I guess let's talk about how this game ended. Josh McDaniels, I think, has just proven he's not a good coach. Uh, he was lucky as an offensive coordinator for New England to have one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game and Tom Brady be his quarterback because he's proved when you don't have an absolute star at that position when he's been a head coach, his offenses can't really function. Um and yeah, his decision-making at the end of the game. So they were down eight. They had the ball on the eight-yard line. And what do they do on fourth down? I think it was fourth and two or something like that. No, let's let's kick a field goal to be down five points instead of eight, where we still need to score a touchdown anyways. And Josh McDaniels after the game said, oh, well, we still needed to score two touchdowns. No, you didn't. You need to score one touchdown and get one two-point conversion. You were already there. You just needed to execute. Uh, Really, really just such a bitch move by him. Like, to be like, oh no, we're going to kick a field goal and then trust this Raiders offense, which has been bad the entire night, to all of a sudden move the ball 60 yards down the field to score and win the game. Uh... I just don't see it with him. He's not a good coach, but at the end of the day, he won't get fired because uh, the Raiders are still paying John Gruden, and Mark Davis definitely cannot afford to have to buy out two coaches of their contracts because that man is not cash, or that man is cash poor. Uh, he's got the assets, and he might be a billionaire, but that man is cash poor. Uh yeah, I think that'll do it for the week three recap. 
Great slate of games. We got some good upsets. I mean, I wonder what it would have been to money line the Colts, the Texans, and the Cardinals to win. It probably would have been plus 10,000 or something like that. I'm sure someone has a ticket like that out there. Uh, yeah, great slate of games. I'm just happy that Miami has a competent, competitive team. The coaching is great. Year two in the system. Everything is clicking. The motion just all of the motions, confusing so many defensive coordinators. McDaniel is in his bag. Bill's game this week, uh, 1 o'clock start. Going to be fireworks. I, I cannot wait for that matchup. Because that's truly the first, like, real test of the season. Obviously, I think the Chargers are a very good team, and they'll get the ball rolling a little bit more after this win. But I know that their defense isn't very good. The Bills have a good defense. They have a good offense. We have a good offense. Our defense has been good so far. I think, obviously, that first game excluded, but uh, we shut down the Pats with relative ease, which, I mean, is easy. Um, and then the Broncos, yeah, we shut them down. Um, should be a fun game. I'm excited. These divisional battles are always fun. Uh, but yeah, I'll leave us here. If you like this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.